I read about a teenage son who had just gotten his driver's license. And so one day he mustered the courage to go to his mom, retired military, and ask if they could discuss him getting his own car. So he went to mom and and uh, she stopped what they were doing, and she says, I'll tell you what, hon, I'll make a deal with you. If you will bring your grades up, if you will read your Bible some more, and you will cut your long hair, we'll talk about it. He's like, okay, fair enough. So a couple months go by, and he, he comes back to his mom and says, hey, mom, you know, can we have that discussion again about the car? And, and she goes, you know, son, I'm very proud of you. Your quarter grades were up a little bit. I can see that you've been reading your Bible more, but you know, you haven't cut your long hair yet. And then someone said, actually, mom, I wanted to talk about that. You know that Moses had long hair, and Samson had long hair, and even Jesus had long hair. And the mom said, yes, but everywhere they went, they walked. What we want to do is we continue to press into these six habits of Jesus as, as we work to become more and more like him. Is, is look at the one that this young man was also starting to lean into at the, the challenge of his mom. And it's especially the habit that we also see in the life and ministry of Jesus. And that is the habit of studying scripture. And at first that can sound a little odd because... Even though Jesus was fully God, as you look at his life, he still made it a regular habit to be in the Word. In fact, as Pastor Micah mentioned moments ago, if you look at all four Gospels collectively, Jesus quotes from the Old Testament about 80 times. And in our time together, we're going to focus just a little bit more on the Gospel of Luke, one of the major hues that Luke weaves throughout his entire Gospel narrative is this focus throughout his ministry of Jesus being in the Bible. In fact, Luke is the one who records in chapter 2 that even at just 12 years old, Jesus was in the temple by himself, listening to the scribes as they were teaching the Torah and then asking them questions. And, and the, the Jewish leaders were just amazed. And then in Luke chapter 4, when, when Satan tries to get Jesus off from his perfect obedience, Jesus quotes the Bible to Satan three times. And then in Luke 4, when Jesus goes to the synagogue in his hometown, Nazareth, we're told that Jesus takes the scroll of Isaiah, unrolls to chapter 61, 
reads the first two verses, closes the scroll, sets it down and says, today these words are fulfilled in your midst. And then at the end of chapter 4, we're told that Jesus goes throughout Judea teaching and preaching in their synagogues. And in chapter 7 of Luke, when, when the messengers of John the Baptist come to Jesus and say, are you really the one? Jesus quotes Malachi chapter 3. And near the end of Luke, when, when Jesus is talking about what it's going to be like before the last day, before he comes back, Jesus actually goes to Genesis 6, 7, and 8 and talks about the flood and how suddenly those flood waters came upon the earth. And Jesus says that's exactly what it's going to be like when I come back. Sudden. And Luke is the one who mentions that in the last week of Jesus' earthly life, going all the way up to Good Friday, every day, Jesus was in the temple teaching the word. And what's remarkable is that even three days later, when Jesus pulled the greatest turnaround this world has ever known, and he rose from the dead, one would think it would be finished. No more need for the Bible, right? I just did it. But as we see on Easter evening, when the disciples are locked behind the doors of that upper room, Jesus appears in their midst. He shows them his hands. He shows them his feet. And he even asks for a fish fry. Right? Give me some of your broiled fish. So he eats it to show he is not a ghost. It's really the physical resurrected Jesus. And then in that moment, Jesus says this. Everything written about me in here in the Old Testament, the law of Moses... The Psalms, the prophets must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds so they could understand it. And Jesus said, this is what's written in here, that the Messiah would suffer. And on the third day, he would rise. And then there was going to be this great missionary movement to the ends of the earth, proclaiming repentance for forgiveness in his name. And so, one of the last things Jesus would do before he went back to heaven was open their minds and open our minds so that we could understand this book, that it's all about Jesus. And that is why every week, in our worship, we continue to open this book in church. 
And that is why in our Christian day school every week, we have religion classes and chapel and middle school huddle or small groups. That is why we have confirmation classes for our public and, and school 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. That is why we have community groups offered for the congregation. That is why we have Bible studies. That is why we support a school in South Africa. Because it's all about this book that is all about Jesus crucified and risen and his name going to the ends of the earth. And something powerful happens every time we open this book. Every time we are in it, just as Jesus was, you know what happens It's transformative. The Bible is transformative. The Spirit works through it to continue to shape us and mold us to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And is there anything greater that any one of us could be for this world today than to be more like Jesus? And the cool thing is, the studies are showing it too. That the Bible makes a difference because it's transformative, it's living, it is active. During the past two years, it's been pretty hard on this earth with global unrest and wars and earthquakes and famines and devastating storms and then pile a pandemic on top of that. So the American Bible Society and Harvard University's Human Flourish Project did a study about does the Bible make a difference even in very hard times? And guess what the study showed? <laughs> there is a very strong correlation about being in the Word and the difference it makes in our life. In fact, check it out. In this one study, they had a hopeometer, right? One is no hope, 100 is all hope. And people who said they read the Bible three to four times a year scored a 42 on the hopeometer. And check this out. Those who opened the Bible and even read it once a month, it went up to 59 on the hope scale. And you can see where this is going. Those who read the Bible or a portion of it weekly, the score went up to 66. And, and lastly, those who, who read the Bible or a verse or portion of it many times a week scored a 75 on the hope-ometer. You see, the Bible is transformative. And you know what I think is even more cool? Even in these crazy times that we are in, its readership continues to go up. 
You've heard Pastor Micah and Sarah talk about how much they love the YouVersion app. Uh, this is just one example of it. It's on my phone, too. This is a live shot of one of my things there. You have Chick-fil-A, of course, right? That's got to be one of the first screens. And circled in pink is the YouVersion app. It's Holy Bible. You know, last year, around the world since it launched, it reached a major milestone. The YouVersion app now has over a half billion downloads around the world. And they've been tracking its readers each year. And just last year alone, and it continues to go up and up and up, even when the world's falling apart, it's going up more. Last year alone, 2021, nearly 56 billion chapters of the Bible were read on this app. 56 billion chapters. And in that same year, a little over 8 billion chapters were listened to in the audio version. And now this this app has 2,600 versions of the Bible available in more than 1,700 languages all around the world. And the harder that things continue to get here, it continues to go up and up and up. The Bible makes a difference. It is so transformative. You can see on the right side, this is on the very, not even opening your phone, the first screen there. You can scroll toward the bottom. You can set this up in the app where at whatever time of the day you want it to, mine is set to 7 a.m. every morning, a circle in pink, it will just pop up one Bible verse for the day. But if you do that, you might get a verse like this. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God, He is in your midst. And this God is mighty to save. And He rejoices over you with gladness. He quiets you with His love. And He exalts over you with loud singing. An image comes to my mind every time I read this verse. And I want to take you back about 20 years and Remember how we didn't have digital photo albums, right? We didn't have libraries of photos on our phones. We had portraits, and in and, and school you would order like those two-by-three portraits. As wallets and billfolds and purses had like those plastic portrait things, and some of these were like an accordion, right? <laughs> Look at all my kids and grandkids and stuff. That's the image that comes to my mind when I read Zephaniah 3. That your Father in heaven has you in his portrait and like a big accordion as he pulls it out and he's rejoicing and smiling over you. Even the angels join him in song. Or you might get a verse like this. 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses from all sin. 
Any of you this week have a dragon moment? By a dragon moment, I mean the day was really long and your blood pressure was high and your stress was really high and maybe your anxiety was high and your fuse that day was particularly short. And maybe something happened with a child or grandchild or as a caregiver that just blew up. And you lashed out and maybe smoke even came out of your nostrils in that dragon moment. And maybe it was as a young mother who had just had enough of the kids that day or as a grandparent or as a driver or as again I mentioned a caregiver or maybe as a student at school and that extra project or test or book was just piled on near the end his blood covers all of that too you are forgiven cleansed from all, even those dragon moments. And one more I want to look at, or maybe a verse like Jeremiah 10, 10 will come up, which says the Lord is the faithful God, and he is the living God, and he is king forever. Meaning no matter what is going on in this world, no matter what is going on in your church or school, no matter what is going on in your life right now, he is faithful and he is living and he is king. Meaning we can always trust in him. He's got this. And he's got you. Just from this little bit of scripture, right? Already, do you feel a little better right now? Do you feel a little more hope and excitement? Do you feel a little bit lighter than when you first walked in? It's God's transformative word. And you can see why Jesus made it a habit to immerse himself in this. And why as his followers, it is so important for us to continue to study scripture too.